2: And welcome back to Mindset Monday. I'm Gene Zanetti, your coast-to-coast mindset coach from Wrestling Mindset, bringing you the best available mindset information out there in wrestling. We're really happy to have you on board again. Thank you, everyone, for calling. We know we have a lot of uh, very loyal callers. We have a lot of people from all around the country that have been spreading our word and you know, really getting this call out to as many people as possible. If you can, let people know, your friends, your family, your teammates, the more people that hear the call in your life, the better it's going to help you. As a wrestler, as a parent, as a coach, we share the same philosophies. It's going to be a lot easier to function as a well-oiled machine because it's not just the wrestler. The wrestler is not the only person that has an impact on the performance. Of course, as the wrestler, you have the most direct impact on 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 your performance. But the parent and the coach, there's no doubt in my mind from everything we've been seeing, the parents and the coaches have an unbelievable impact on the wrestler's performance, albeit an indirect impact but it's still a very much present impact. And if we're if we're firing on all cylinders, the parents, the coaches, and the wrestlers are speaking the same language, the more people, the better. We want that well oiled machine. Okay, again, welcome back to Wrestling Mindset. We're happy you're all on board. Tonight we're talking about drawing first blood. Drawing first blood. Before we get into all that, again just a few um housekeeping things. Let's make sure that we're anyone who has not taken advantage of our free trial session, please go on our website, wrestlingmindset.com, wrestlingmindset.com. Please, if you're serious about inquiring about the program, sign up for that free trial session, and we could show you how we could best provide their, our individual, our one-on-one program with you. Because that's really the best thing. As we always talk about, any time a question is asked, and please keep your questions coming. The main answer to your questions is doing the worksheets, doing the exercises and assignments. Again, I can't stress that enough. If you want to improve your strength, there's no doubt about it. You've got to be doing those pull-ups. You've got to be doing your squats. You have to be lifting the weights. You have to be actively working on your strength. If you want to work on your technique, you can't just be watching moves on tape. Yes, that's a great start, but we have to also be making sure that we're going through, most importantly, we're, we're drilling the moves over and over. You have to get those technical reps. So we're getting the strength reps we're getting the technical reps. We have to also make sure we're getting the mental reps. Mental reps of what? Well, the exercises that we're talking about, the worksheets, the assignments that we give you. You're putting these things down on paper. That's all stuff that has to do with our individual coaching program. So again, if you haven't had an opportunity, and I know a lot of our callers, you're already involved in our program, you're already doing it, please keep taking it serious. Take it more serious than your opponents are. We may have multiple people in in different weight classes that are doing the same program. But just like you outwork them in the strength room or in the weight room, just like you outwork them in the practice room for technique, outwork them with your mindset. Take your mindset worksheets more and more serious. You guys know what I'm talking about. Secondly, we want to make sure that any of our callers are aware of the option that at 10 p.m., we also have on the same conference number, we have our spiritual strength conference call, helping all of our wrestlers get deeper in faith and getting closer to God. We strongly recommend, we're not pushing it on anyone, but we strongly recommend that if you're up, if you, and you're up in an hour, 10 o'clock Eastern time, you do the math where, wherever you are, Central, Pacific, Mountain time or anything, please hop on that call because it's very important, as we always say, spirit, mind, and body, and it has to be in that order. Otherwise, eventually, things come crumbling down. It's going to help you as a wrestler. It's going to help you as a student. Can help you in life, spirit, mind, and body. So we always offer that after every one of our Mindset Monday calls, every Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, our Spiritual Strength Conference call. Same thing. Okay, great. So our topic of the night, we always talk about the predator mindset. Our second principle of wrestling mindset is I'm aggressive and relentless. Yet we still see with a lot of our wrestlers, a lot of our teams, many people around the country that we interact with, Still having problems pulling the trigger. Still having difficulty with aggressiveness. And I'm sure there's many people on this call who are not as aggressive as they know they can be in every single one of their matches. So, again, we talk about being the predator. We talk about being aggressive and relentless. I think what we needed to do with wrestling mindset is now we need to make this even more specific. What does that look like? What does it look like to be a predator? What does it look like to be aggressive and relentless? If I ask you right now, your last match against a very good opponent, were you aggressive? Um, did you pull the trigger? Were you, um, were you a predator? Maybe, maybe not. You see how it's, it's not a very direct, concrete question, asking you if you were aggressive and you pulled the trigger. So I'm going to start asking this question. Did you draw first blood? What do we mean by drawing first blood? Did you take the first shot? Were you the first wrestler to shoot in your last match? Yes or no? When you wrestled that good guy, your last loss, did you draw first blood? Did you take the first hard shot? Now, that's not the end-all, be-all. Don't get me wrong. This is not the end-all, be-all. All your problems are not solved if you take the first shot. However, we do get the ball rolling. We are sending a message to our opponent, not that we care what he thinks, but we are sending that message that I'm here. I'm the one who's going to be aggressive. I'm going to be in your face this whole match. Let him know that he's going to have to deal with you this whole time. So, before every, after every one of your matches, you should be able to answer yes to this: Did you draw first blood? Were you the first one to shoot? Now, I like that. I like that concept. That that um that wording, drawing first blood. And I I just think that it makes it much more. It it leaves an impact in people's heads. And again, it's that reference to Rambo. Rambo, The first Rambo is called First Blood. And it's it's kind of ironic we use this title. In fact, someone pointed it out. I knew someone would catch us with it. What, what Stallone says in the movie, uh, Sylvester Stallone, who plays Rambo, he said, he actually says that they drew first blood on him. So it's kind of ironic that we're saying it because Sylvester Stallone, who is Rambo, is not the actual one in the movie to draw first blood. But... And then you could even you could take it a step further, and you could say maybe he did draw first blood, because when the cop when he was walking past the village, the cop told him to stop. He didn't. The cop grabbed his arm, and then he flung his arm out. So he basically resisted arrest right away. That's why he got arrested. If I really want to make a stretch, we could say technically Rambo was the first one who was pushing. But that's that's neither here nor there. Who actually drew first blood? The point is, in your matches, you want to draw first blood out there. Be the first one to take a shot. Think about some of the best wrestlers you know. I challenge anyone on this call to produce me a video with either Cale Sanderson, Ed Ruth, Logan Steber, or David Taylor, where they did not take the first shot in their match. And now, don't get me wrong. The videos are out there. You don't have to send them to Wrestling Mindset. That's not what I'm asking for. But the point being is when you watch these guys wrestle, when you watch these top wrestlers, especially, like I said, Kale, uh, David Taylor, Ed Ruth, Logan stever they take the first shot. They draw first blood almost every single time they wrestle. And I don't have a numbers breakdown. I don't have statistics on this. How many people who take the first shot usually win? That would be a great study if someone wants to hop on board and do that. But I do know these very successful people are looking to draw first blood. They're looking to, to strike early. Like in Karate Kid, the first Karate Kid. We hear the the message of Cobra Kai. Strike first, strike hardest, no mercy, sir. Right? Strike first, strike hardest, no mercy, sir. (laughs) So we gotta be the ones who are drawing first blood. We've gotta be striking first. We gotta be striking hardest. When Cale Sanderson came back, I'm not sure if it was twenty ten or twenty eleven, but Cale Sanderson won the Olympic gold, I believe it was in two thousand four, and he came back in twenty ten and wrestled he wound up taking 5th in the world for that year but what stuck out in my head was he, the match he lost one of the matches he lost against the eventual world champion the Iranian Cale Sanderson took him down in the first 6 seconds of the match if you watch the video Cale Sanderson against the Iranian in whatever Olympics or whatever world championships he came back to wrestle even though he lost to him he took down the best wrestler in the world in the first 6 seconds of the match so He was looking to draw first blood. Does he sound like a guy who is looking to feel the other guy out, wait and see, or was he trying to impose his will? He was imposing his will. That's how you have to look at it. I I hate when I hear wrestlers, and look, I'm guilty of doing this myself. My brothers and I, we made this mistake also, where we say, I was feeling the other guy out. I I was, um, you know, I was seeing what happens. I wanted to see what he was going to do. And what we know now with mindset. We're beyond that. We're not, feeling, we're not feeling anyone out. So all of us, everyone on this call, we're all beyond that at this point. We're not feeling the other guy out. This isn't a dance, right? This is the sport of wrestling. This is combat. This is war. So we're not, well, he threw the first punch, right, like we hear in, in, in fights. Not that we're advocating fighting. You should be doing everything you can to avoid fights. But we, we see this a lot. Oh, you know, they took the first punch at me. In the sport of wrestling, that's not okay. When we're, when we're, in, when we're in war, when we're in, when we're in some kind of combat sport, it's not okay to let the other person throw the first punch. You throw the first punch in the wrestling context. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear any complaints. We're telling people to punch people on or off the mat. We're certainly not looking to do that. But you make sure you take the first shot. You've got to draw first blood. Uh, Logan Sieber, I was watching his match against the world champion this past week. And I, I tune in, I put it up on Flow Wrestling or YouTube, whatever it was, and I said, hey, guaranteed, he's going to shoot in the first 15 seconds. Sure enough, he shot. <laughs> he shot and he got the takedown. Zeke Jones, our former coach at Penn, he, broke, he breaks down videos every year for the World Championships, the Olympics, the NCAAs, you know, all that stuff. And he told us at the, at the um, National Coaches Convention when he presented, most takedowns happen in the first 15 seconds of a whistle. Most takedowns happen within fir- the first 15 seconds of a whistle. So what does that mean? Either s- the start of the match, the first 15 seconds, or you go out of bounds, and then 15 seconds into that. So it's usually happening within the first 15 seconds of a whistle start. Someone is getting a takedown. In order to get that takedown, you've got to have the attitude, "I'm looking to score. You have to visualize, stepping on the line. I'm stepping on the line. I'm looking to score. Get to your tie-up get to your best shot. Or if it's not a tie-up, if you're doing like a tap and go, get to your setup and then get to your shot. We tell wrestlers that all the time. Zeke Jones is very big on this. John Smith is very big on this. They say, number one, what are you doing with your hands? You need to know what you're doing with your hands. When you step on the line and you're looking at your opponent, think about it. Where am I putting my hands? Get to your tie-up and then get to your power offense. For David Taylor, his power offense is his ankle pick. For David Taylor, uh, for, for um, Jordan Burroughs, it's his double leg. Mine would be a low single. What's your power offense? So in order to draw first blood, we have to start out with clarity. Where are you putting your hands? What is your setup? And then what is the shot that you're looking to take? You have to know that first. That always precedes taking the first shot. You can't just take any shot. Why do you think it is that in the first 15 seconds a lot of points are scored? The other person hasn't had a chance to feel you out. They don't know all your fakes. They don't know all your setups. Maybe they're not even ready. Maybe they're a little bit tentative. Maybe they're a little bit scared. If you shoot right away, you establish you're, you're the one who sets the tone of the match. And very often you'll find you get that first takedown. Because, again, a lot of times the other person isn't ready. Or they, or they were worried or they were waiting for you. So commit to being the first one to shoot. And think about it like this. What's the worst case scenario? You get taken down. Well, I guess the worst case scenario, you get whipped over and pinned. But (laughs) that's probably not a likely scenario to happen. I'm not saying it can happen, but that's that's not really a likely scenario. Worst case scenario, you take a bad shot and you get taken down, all right? At very least, you set the pace. You're ready to wrestle. I know a lot of very good wrestlers where they get taken down first, and then they come back and beat the other person. But we can't be having these 0-0 first periods. We can't be content with that. We've got to be the ones who are going on the offense and looking for points, even if it means sometimes we give up some points. Like I said, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised how frequently when you shoot first, you're going to get that leg. Usually the leg is a lot closer than you think it is. Again, if you don't believe me, you if you watch an Ed Ruth video, Dale, David Taylor, Logan steber they get the leg. And Logan Stieber's shot, it's not like, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not a pretty shot. It's like kind of like a low, like half double, half low single. Certainly not putting him down. He knows what he's doing. He gets the leg. He gets to that leg. But he takes, make no mistake about it, Logan Stieber takes a hard shot within the first 15 seconds of the match. And that's why he scores. So you, it doesn't have to be a perfect shot. It doesn't have to look pretty. But you've got to fire your body at the other man and look for that leg right away. But let's keep that in mind. After every one of your matches, you should ask yourself, did I draw first blood? Did I take the first shot? Now, look, if you didn't take the first shot, if the guy shoots on you right off the whistle, that's okay. <laughs> all right, all is all isn't hot lost. You can't say to yourself, well, I didn't, I didn't draw first blood. Now you just get after him, right? Draw second blood. That's no problem. I'm just using this as a guide for you because most people, they're not thinking like this right away. They're not, thinking, they're not stepping on the line ready to shoot. And, and us, us wrestling mindset people, us predators, us warriors, we've got to be stepping on the line looking to shoot. Now, let me give you some examples of what drawing first blood is not. Okay? Just taking a random shot off the whistle. Just taking any random shot within the first 15 seconds. That's not drawing first blood. Okay, dropping to a knee, swatting at the guy's leg, taking a half shot—that's not drawing first blood. In good faith, if you just swat at the guy's leg, or just dive, just take a dive bomber shot, or just drop to a knee, you—you you can't honestly look yourself in the mirror there and say I drew first blood. I mean, thinking when we're talking about drawing first blood, there's no question we're thinking about what is your number one shot, what is your number one setup getting to that as quickly as you possibly can. All right? That's what we're talking about. We're not just saying just take a dive bomber off the whistle you're shooting the first five seconds of the match. I'm not advocating being reckless. <laughs> I don't want anyone getting back to me with that. That's not what we're saying. We are saying know what you're going to do with your hands, know what your number one shot is, and get to it. You know, don't just hand fight just to hand fight. That's a common mistake we see with wrestlers. Here's a very important point I'm going to make right here. The reason why you hand fight is to get to your tie, okay? You're hand fighting to get to a very specific tie-up, okay? So I'll give you some concrete examples. For me, my best takedowns, low single, a high single leg from an elbow post, so the guy has to be tied up on my head, or I have three moves from a Russian series, from a Russian, okay? So when I tie up with the person, I'm only looking for the elbows. I don't ever grab an underhook. I don't ever tie up on the head. If I ever grab the person's wrist, it's to feed it into a Russian. I hope everyone's with me there. Think about what your three best takedowns are. What are your best three takedowns? And what's your setup? Do you need a collar tie? Do you need an underhook? Do you need a wrist? Do you take a Russian two-on-one? What What is your tie-up? And when we talk about hand-fighting, your job is to hand-fight to your personal tie-up. Kale Sanderson and... Um, Dale Sanderson and David Taylor, they go collar, tie, and a wrist. In hand fighting, I would never be on collar, tie, and a wrist because that's not my power offense. But for them, once they get the collar, tie, and the wrist, they won the hand fight. Go into your move. Don't just hang around with your tie-up. Go right into your move. So if I grab the elbow and I have your elbow, I won the hand fight. Get to my move. So I hope everyone sees what I'm saying there. We don't just hand fight to hand fight. You don't just grab random things. You don't just grab an overhook. An over you don't just grab an underhook. You hand fight to your particular tie-up. But that's what we're talking about. We say, draw first blood. Know what you're doing with your hands. Take the first hard shot. Okay, very good. We'll open up the lines for questions.
3: Okay, do we have any
2: questions? And if you could please mute your lines please move your line any any questions that we have Do we have anything on draw, anything on drawing first blood or anything on any other topics great now we got the wrestling season upon us all of us you know middle school high school college we all pretty much started now it's it's, it's a great thing. Any questions? What can I help anyone with? I'll stick around until 9:25, and then we'll and then we'll wrap up. 9:25, and we'll get the, and we'll wind up right there. Again, if you have a chance, hop on our Spiritual Strength call, at 10 o'clock. So that's going to be in less than 40 minutes. Please hop on that. Every day we're committed. We're committed to your personal improvement, both mind and spirit. You, have, you had your physical workout, improving the body in practice. We all make sure we're working as hard as we possibly can be, really pushing ourselves in practice. Always strive to be the hardest worker in your wrestling room. You, know, you, could, always, you could always see who the, who the best wrestlers are in, in, in any given practice room. They're working harder than the other people. So make sure that's you. Make sure you're the guy who's out working everyone else. What questions do we have? I think I'm drawing first blood. Taking that first hard shot. Uh, yeah, I have a question. I'm yeah. clear to Nazareth. Um, I just have a quick question. So, um, what happens if you go for first blood and say, like, you go for an ankle kick or something and he resho- reshoots on you right away and he takes you down and gets to, how should you feel about that? Okay, good question. So you're here-
3: So what happens if they
2: take the first shot? What if they draw first blood? The way we've got to look at it is it's no big deal. I know it sounds funny because I'm really stressing the point. Be the one to draw first blood. But what happens if they shoot first? And the answer is it's no big deal. If they happen to take you down, if they reshoot you, or or if they or if they caught you off the whistle, again, you do want to be ready right off the whistle. There's a lot of people who shoot right off the whistle, and if that's part of your strategy, it is a good thing to do. But, you know... It, it might happen where they shoot before you, or they reshot you and you get taken down. Then, now we're on bottom, same thing. Get to your power offense. What's your power offense? What are your best two or three escapes or reversals? You've know, you got to know what your best escape is, and then just go right from there. So don't, don't beat yourselves up if you don't draw first blood. But do come out. I, my point of this is I want you to come out of the mat thinking about drawing first blood. They score on you first. That's okay. Just get right back into it be the next one to go. Remember, here's, here's a good way to think about it. Every moment is a brand new moment. The last minute of this call, whatever I said last minute, it's done. It's, it's, it's finished. So now it's my job to draw first blood again right now. And then this moment's gone and now it's draw first blood right now. Does that make sense? So when we're in a wrestling match, there's always an opportunity to draw first blood. You have to put the past behind you And think, draw first blood right now. If you're on bottom, you could draw first blood. Have the first move off the whistle and fire up. Go right into your move. If you're on top, draw first blood. Be the first one to go for a turn. Be the first movement off the whistle. And then be the first person to go for a turn. Okay, so every moment is a brand new moment and it's a new opportunity for you to draw first blood. I hope that helps.
3: Good good question. So,
2: what else do we have? Anything else I can help anyone with? Again, we have our Spiritual Strength Conference Call coming up in 35 minutes. We strongly urge everyone to stay on the call. And not stay on the call, but call back in 35 minutes, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We thank you, everyone, for calling. Make sure you hop on our website, wrestlingmindset.com. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session. Also, any questions for us, please email us at wrestlingmindset at gmail.com. It's wrestlingmindset at gmail.com. Again, it's a hot time of year. This is the time we definitely want to get started to make sure we're firing on all cylinders. You know, it doesn't it doesn't get easier. We have a lot of people call up in January. Again, it's not it's not some kind of miracle cure just like... Just like technique and strength training, it's something we have to take time. We gotta work on it, just like everything else, and it will get better. Again, make sure you're staying with us throughout the season. More and more great information for you right now. Let's make sure we're drawing first blood in every single match. <laughs> thank you all for coming let me um looking forward to listening to you or hearing being on a call again with you in a few short minutes (laughs) have a good night everyone take care All right, team, we'll get started in two minutes. Two minutes. We'll give people a chance to hop on for 10 o'clock Eastern time.
1: I mm-hmm. 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 mm-hmm.
2: We like to invite back any of our callers that were on the Mindset Monday call. They're doing their um, their second workout of the night. They did, or probably their third workout of the night. A lot of our a lot of our athletes call in. They have their physical workout at wrestling practice. Then they have their mental workout at um, our Mindset Monday call 10, at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And then now they're having their third workout, <laughs> triple sessions. Their spiritual workout. They went in the reverse wo- order. They went body, mind, and spirit. Even though we know the order of importance is actually reversed. It's spirit, mind, and then body, making sure we're going in order. But nonetheless, that's how the day played out for a lot lot of our people. Um, Any of our our athletes who've done that, we really commend you for that, being the total package, body, mind, and spirit. And for anyone who's calling the line now for the first time, again, we welcome you to our Z spiritual strength. um, Nightly, not nightly, (laughs) weekly conference call. Well, we really just want everyone to get closer to God and talk about some, some uh, basic principles, getting deeper in our faith, uh, getting closer to God. So um, as always, we'll, be- we'll begin with the prayer. Let's see if um, we have Father Joseph on the line. Father, are you on the line? Father Joseph? Right, maybe you'll be on the line to uh, close us off
3: tonight. All right, great topics tonight.
2: All right, so we'll start off with the prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We praise you, Lord. We adore you. We love you. We glorify you. We bless. We ask for all blessings on us. and. Blessed be your holy name. Blessed be all your holy angels and all the saints. Thank you. We praise you. the topic of tonight's call, we're going to be talking more about praise. We want to make sure we give you your due glory. We can never give you your due glory, but we always start our prayers with praise. We love you, Lord. We praise you. You are holy. Thank you for all the gifts you've given us and all the blessings you've given us. Help our calls to be fruitful help us to bring help us to become closer to you and to bring other people closer to you always in Jesus name through Mary amen in the father and in the son and the holy spirit amen okay everyone welcome back so there's a, i know there's a lot of people who are hopping on for the first time we have a lot of repeat callers so what I wanted to start off doing is just a little bit of a recap of some of the stuff that we've talked about again this is our Z spiritual strength conference call we ask you to like our facebook group Z spiritual strength and we post great information, a lot of great stuff up on there. A little recap of some of the things we've been talking about. Simple steps to get closer to God. Let's, let's kind of go through it like a checklist. See if we've been doing these things. Number one, making it a point to going to church on Sunday. Have we been going to church on Sunday? We're now in the second week of Advent, uh, the, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception tomorrow. That is a holy day of obligation. Are we going to church on Sundays and on holy days? That's number one. Number two, have we been putting in... 15 minutes of prayer a day, Bible reading and prayer. Like we said in the beginning, that we strongly recommend you're putting in at least 15 minutes of Bible reading and prayer a day if you, know, if you can, which you, you, you can. It's just a matter of making the time for it. Try to read a chapter a day. Start with the Gospels. Start with, with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go through them one chapter a day. Have you been doing that? Do you have the Bible app on your phone, the Holy Bible app for your smartphone? Having that, that will read you the verses that you want to listen to. You don't even have to read it yourself. It'll read it for you. Have you been doing that? And then also, have you been involved with a youth group or some, some kind of, um, again, some, uh, a faith-based gather- gathering? Have you been doing that? Are you part of the youth group, a church group? Have you been getting involved with um, the church outside of just, of just mass, but trying to get around people um, who are moving in the same spiritual direction as you? Have you been doing that? Have you been doing your nightly examine that we talked about in the past? We have those five steps up on our website. Have you been doing that nightly examination of your conscience? If not, okay, let's, let's get on the ball now. We could always do that. Let's, let's make sure we're doing that stuff. <clears throat> so tonight's call, the topic I wanted to talk about was praise. Uh, David and I, we spoke last night. We, were going, we, read, we read through the entire book of Tobit in the Bible. And one of the things one of the things we noticed was, you know, he he, he went he had a lot of difficulties. Tobit went blind. There was a lot of um, a lot of struggles and adversity, but he never ceased in he never ceased in his praise for God. And we see this over and over. David, King David, who is a, a man after God's own heart. God said, a man after my own heart. That was David. A lot of the Psalms dedicated to praise. Uh, the, the book of Daniel, we see a lot of praise. Jesus constantly praises the Father. Um, yeah, like I said again in, in Tobit, that one really sticks out in my head because we read the entire book yesterday. We went we went chapter by chapter. We went chapter for chapter. I read one. He read two. I read three. He read four. It's a great thing you could do with friends or family. You know, make it a fun thing where you're reading the Bible with your friends, with your family. Try to have a family rosary, family prayer, uh, praying before meals. Let's you know, let's let's make that a habit. Let's make make it into a fun thing. Because, you know, that, well, number one, the Lord deserves it, more so than it being fun. But it, it, it can be fun. And God comes to you when you praise him. That's what I wanted to talk about here. So, as I said before, we always start with, we always start with praise. Why do we begin our prayers with praise? Well, because when we do that, it puts us in the right relationship with God. Uh, Father Joseph, who's uh, often on this calls, he told me to get the book Appointment with God. I'd strongly recommend that by Michael Scanlon, Michael Scanlon, Appointment with God, talks about prayer. Excellent, excellent book. Very short. Uh, it's a small book, and it's only, it's 53 pages I have here. And it says, praising puts us in the right relationship with God. By praising God, we're submitting to Him. Right? We're submitting to God. We're saying, we need Him. Obviously, He doesn't need us. And what do, we, what do we hear about praise? Well, if you look at Psalms 22, I probably brought this up on, on a call before but I just thought this was very powerful. And I know I posted this in our Z Spiritual Strength uh, Facebook group. But it's um, where Psalms 22 starts off, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As we know, those were some of Jesus' last words. And then as we move on to um, verse 3 of that, that very, same, that very same psalm, it says, Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of your people. or enthroned on the praises of Israel. So God is enthroned on the praises of Israel. He's enthroned on our, on our praises. God comes down to us. He, he shines upon us. He comes rushing to us when we praise him. He's enthroned on our praises. Take a moment and let that sink in. God is enthroned on our praises. Let's look at two other examples in the Bible where we see God coming to the aid of people who are praising him. As I mentioned before with Tobit. Also, in the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the fire. They refused to worship the statue. They refused to worship the false god. And when they were in there, if you go through the prophet, um, the book of Daniel, you go through a few pages of, of praise. There's many, many verses of praise while they're in the middle of the fire. And that that was an interesting thing that's, that sticks out, that during this adversity, they're still praising God. During the adversity of Tobit, he goes blind. His, his son didn't have a wife. He's still praising God. And, then we, and what happens? What happened when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they praised God? The fire did not touch them. The Son of Man appeared in the fire with them. Let me get you the exact um, where we are in the Bible here. So this is the book of Daniel. That's 316. That's probably the start of the, of the story. You're going to see a lot of praise going on there. And you see they were unaffected by the fire. As they praised God, he rushed down to their aid. In the Acts of the Apostles, right after the Gospel of John, Acts chapter 16, verses 24 through 26, Paul and Silas, they were, they were sent to prison for spreading the word of God. And as they were in prison, they sang hymns of praise. What happened? God caused earthquakes to blow wide open the cells. They got out. They were freed. The cells could not hold them anymore. When God was praised, when they praised the Lord, even during their suffering, even during their difficult times that's when God hears those prayers. A lot of times we don't we don't feel that way. In our own human weakness, our own human, um, our limited understanding, we can't see it. We go through difficult times in our life. And, you know, and not just little things like failing a test or, or losing a wrestling match, but we'll lose, lose loved ones. We'll hear people that we care about stop talking or divorces and we'll see sicknesses. We'll get sick spiritual, mental, emotional. We see our loved ones, our friends and family, a sickness, spiritual, mental, emotional. And it's hard at those times. It's hard to praise God at those moments. You know, it's, it's a lot of times we, we, we're, we're tempted. We get angry with God. But we have to remember it's at those times. He is with us. He is with us. Look at Paul and Silas. They were in prison. They praised God. And the Lord was true to his word. Behold, I am with you always, even till the ends of the earth. Uh, the Lord, I am the Lord your God. I will never fail or forsake you. He's true to his word. If we have faith in his word, he will deliver us out of our suffering. And that's what he did to Paul and Silas when they prayed in the letters of the Acts of the Apostles. That's what that's what happened in the book of Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the fire. They praised God, and, and God saw they were in the fire. He heard their prayer, and he came with them, and they were unaffected. He, again, the book of Tobit. He praised God, and things work out for him over and over in the Bible. And even when we look at the Our Father, I think with Jesus, the, the apostles, one of the amazing things about prayer, out of all the things that Jesus did, the apostles asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't ask him, teach. the apostles didn't ask Jesus, teach us to preach. Teach us how to teach other people. They didn't say that. Teach us how to heal other people. They asked him, they, what was so remarkable about Jesus was that he always took time to pray. And it was the way that he prayed that was very remarkable, among the many other things, of course, that was very, that stuck out in his opponents' had his opponents, in his apostles' heads. And, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And when Jesus delivers the first words of the Our Father, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus begins with praise. As always, Jesus is the perfect model, the perfect example of how, we, of how we should begin all of our prayers. And as the prayer goes on, as the Our Father goes on, He says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What are His next words? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Another tough thing for us, tough, tough thing when we're in the middle of our trials and difficulties in our life, our sickness, or our struggling, our suffering, it's, it, it's hard. We, we think we know the way out. And we have, to put our, we have to put ourselves to the side. We have to say, Lord, I trust in you. Lord, I praise you even during this difficult time, even during the suffering. I praise your name. I love you. You are holy, Lord. You know what's best for me. Thy will be done. It's the hardest thing to do during, during those difficult times. We always think we know the way out. But the Lord sees all the things that we don't see. So it's time we put ourselves to the side and say to the Lord, we praise you, Lord, even during this difficult time. Thy will be done. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Just a couple psalms that I like for praise. And there's many psalms of praise. I'm going to play I'm going to end this call with a song, um, one of my my favorite uh, worship songs. It's called 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman. 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman. And it's based on Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I'll go through that. This is one of, my, one of my favorite. I'll give you just the beginning of the of psalm. So if you look at Psalm 103, it's, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. And then, this, and then the psalm ends. You know, there's, there's more praise going on throughout, which is excellent. I strongly recommend you look at Psalm 103. It's a psalm of thanksgiving of God's goodness. In the end it says, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all oh, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, hearkening to the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh, my soul. Just beautiful. Again, you're going to want to go back to the psalm after you hear this song. This song, again, 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redmond. Just a few other psalms that I like with praise. Um, Psalm 145, I just I love how this begins, and especially the Dewey Reams version of the Bible. In, Dewey, in the Dewey Reams version, it's, um, it's Psalm 144, but it says, I will extol you, my God, and I will bless your name forever, yea, forever and ever. Every, every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever, yea, forever and ever. And then the psalm again goes on, more praise, keep going on. Praise of the greatness and goodness of God, a song of praise. It's one forty five in, in in most Bibles. If it's the Dewey Reams version, it's Psalm one forty four. At the end it says, My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever. Yea, forever and ever. Just beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful Psalms. I strongly recommend again go through go through the Psalms and and use this as a guide for your prayer. Don't just, and, and you know, it doesn't have to just be this for your prayer. You don't have to just read the Psalms. You could say things on your own. But a lot of times if we use God's word, that's always a great guide. You know, the Lord's word can never, be, can never lead you astray. So always, if you're having trouble with praise, go to the, go to the Bible. Get used to reading your Bible. It's an important thing. But one other one I really like with, 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 it, with uh, praise, that's Psalm 136. God's work in creation and in history, it keeps saying his mercy endures forever or his love endures forever. It's, it's repetitive. It's, it's a little bit repetitive, but it, you know, it goes on and it really makes some great points here. Just to read you the beginning of Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords for his mercy endures forever. And then you go on, it'll continue going And every other line, his mercy endures forever. And the last verse is, oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. And as, as we see in the New Testament about Jesus talking about with, with our prayers that we shouldn't be repetitive, this doesn't mean we can't say prayers or when we pray the rosary, yeah, there is some repetition to it. Well, also to this psalm, there's some repetition to it. But as long as our heart is in the prayer, as long as we're mindful of what we're saying, we're okay with this repetition. That's, that's fine. Clearly the Lord is uh, when David prays um, Psalms 136. So again, we strongly recommend you, you take out your Bibles, read one chapter a day. These Psalms are great for praise, an excellent way to begin all your prayers. Uh, I see we're <laughs> running down with time. I'll see if Father Joseph's on the phone, if he can give us a blessing to close out the night. And again, please stay on the line. You're going to want to hear the song, 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redman. Again, it's based on
3: Psalms 103. Father, are you on the phone? Father Joe?
2: Okay, I'll close this down. Father Joseph is very very good to us. He was, he was actually on the phone the past two calls, and um, I, didn't, I didn't ask if he was there at the end. I just closed this in prayer. So tonight he must have slipped his mind. My mistake. We'll get him on again. Again, yeah, thank you, everyone, for being on. Let's close with a prayer, and then we'll listen to our song. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we praise you. We love you. You are holy. Hallowed be your name. Blessed are you and all your choirs of angels and saints. And we, we always give you praise. And everything we do, help us, Lord, to, to remember this, That what we talked about tonight. Help me to remember this. I, I don't do a good job of remembering this, especially when times are tough. Help me to always praise you. Help us to always praise you. Help us to always give thanksgiving. Give thanks. Give praise in everything that we do, especially when times are tough, because we know you are good. We know you are faithful to your word. We know you come down and rush to our aid, even when we don't see it. Even when it doesn't happen in the time frame that we want it to be, we know you are always faithful to your word. Help us to praise you and give you thanks all the days of our life. We know that you will fulfill all the words that you give us. And we ask this through Mother Mary. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And now we'll close off with our song, and then we can all have a good night. Again, the name of the song is 10,000 Reasons, Bless the Lord, O My Soul, by Matt Redmond. I strongly recommend you get into this. Uh-huh.
1: I uh-huh. I'm <laughs>
3: Calling. Have a great night. God bless you.
0: Hold up.